0: Well, thank you so much. We've had so many people who have been involved with worship this morning. We've had our praise team continuing to offer us music. Um, Sally Ritterbush for being our special music today. Tom Huber as our uh, as our liturgist for Melody doing our children's time. Um, we've had uh, some of our graduates and scholarship recipients. So thank you all so much for, uh, for sharing in so many different ways uh, and for participating in the service. And of course, uh, to Gary Brubaker, who has put all of our music together for this as well. We're grateful. Uh, I'm grateful for all uh, who have helped to do this. So thank you. We're closing out our series this morning on the rhythm of the hearts, and we're looking at creation today. But throughout this series, we have been looking at uh, what happens when our rhythms may feel out of sync. How do we get back into rhythm or how do we learn new rhythms? How do we reconnect with God's rhythms? So we've looked at rest, at healing, at connection, and this morning at creation. So would you pray with me? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, I think it was um, maybe a year or two ago uh, when I officiated a friend's wedding. And um, uh, we had helped to set some things up for the wedding, and then it rained. And so we had to reset up because it was supposed to be outside. And, um, and, and just, it was a wonderful time. But um, after the service and the reception, uh, and I was back with a friend. Um, and uh, we were just talking about how tired we were. Um, I think I said something like, I'm so tired. I just can't keep my eyes open. Um, and she said, oh, I'm just so tired. I could sleep for a week. And I was like, you know what? I'm just so tired. Like my, my hair hurts. Have you ever been that tired where it's just like, oh, my hair hurts? Uh, maybe it's not just been after a big event or maybe it's been after a week or maybe after a day. Maybe during this time that we've had sheltering in place, you found yourself really tired. And maybe it's been that my hair hurts kind of tired. I think that there's different kinds of tiredness. I think there's like that bone tired where your hair hurts, um, where you're just exhausted, where it's just like this physical exhaustion. You're just tired. Maybe that's something that you're feeling right now or, or you felt over the last few weeks. And then there's, I think there's emotionally tired. And maybe you've been at a place where you've just felt emotionally drained. Maybe because it's been a draining time. Maybe it's been a time of grief or loss or anger or frustration or just some sort of a trying time where you just feel emotionally spent. And maybe that's been something that you've experienced over the last few weeks. Maybe you've been spiritually tired. Maybe you've been at the place where you're just feeling spiritually drained. Maybe you pray and it feels like God's not listening. Maybe you've been trying to read the Bible or it's just been too confusing. Maybe you've done a lot of volunteering and you just feel wiped Or maybe this time of sheltering has just been really spiritually draining for you and you've just felt lost. Well, so there's physical or bone tired or emotionally tired or spiritually tired. But then I think that there's a tiredness that goes even further. And it's a eucharistically tired. When you have been broken out and poured out for so long that you're empty when you have nothing left to give and you just want to be filled up again? And just how do you do that when it feels like all of your rhythms aren't working or when it feels like things are just confusing or lost or how, how do you do this? Perhaps in finding new rhythms during this time, you've found patterns in your life that that haven't been working And maybe you knew they weren't working, or maybe you didn't. Maybe it was a surprise to you. I've been talking to a few friends about how they have found themselves and and what they've done over these past few weeks. Um, And I talked to a friend who said that his office is staying closed for a few more months, um, but he's discovered that he works probably better from home and he's been able to be home to cook dinner with his kids and he started to become involved in his community. And he didn't know that his commute, which seemed like it wasn't that long, he didn't know that his commute wasn't good for him and his family. But now he knows. And once you know, you can't unknow. Another friend of mine, we were talking about school, and maybe you have a lot of feelings about school Um, But she found that when she was doing school at home with her kids, she wasn't equipped to help her child. And it was a battle daily, and she felt like her child was starting to fall behind in classes and and not learning as well. And so uh, she called and emailed uh, her children's teachers and apologized to them because she had been critical to them, both to their faces and behind their backs, And she said, I'm sorry, things are harder than I thought. Another friend said that uh, he found that his diet had changed dramatically as he wasn't able to eat out as often, um, to go to fast food restaurants or to go anywhere, really. Um, And so he was cooking more and he was starting to feel better and healthier, A change in our rhythm usually comes from disruption. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's been a bad disruption, but disruption almost always causes change. And that's not always a bad thing. But it's not always comfortable either. When we find these disruptions, And we realize that there's things that we've been holding on to that maybe, maybe we didn't need to. It's hard to let go. And for a lot of reasons, perhaps it's because we don't want to disappoint someone else or we don't want to change. Or sometimes it feels, but what if I know this and I'm good at this? Sometimes letting go means letting go of perfection. Now, in the United Methodist Church, we are working on perfection and will be perfected in God's love. But that kind of perfection is different than everything being, well, perfect or right or in order. So uh, Elizabeth Gilbert says this about perfection. She says, it starts by forgetting about perfect We don't have time to be perfect. In any event, perfection is unachievable. It's a myth and a trap and a hamster wheel that will run you to death. The writer Rebecca Solnit puts it well. So many of us believe in perfection, which ruins everything else because the perfect is not only the enemy of the good. It's also the enemy of the realistic, the possible, and the fun. But I see it differently. I think perfectionism is just a high-end haute couture version of fear. I think perfectionism is just fear in fancy shoes and a mink coat, pretending to be elegant when it's just terrified. Because underneath that shiny veneer, perfectionism is nothing more than a deep existential angst that says again and again, I am not good enough. And I will never be good enough. Have you ever felt that way? That you're not good enough? Or maybe that you're chasing perfection? That you're afraid? And then wondering in the middle of that is, how can God love me if I'm, I'm such a hot mess? Well, the truth is that God does. And God indeed loves hot messes. I can attest to this, God loves you, God loves me just as we are, and invites us into this rhythm together, sometimes learning and unlearning and relearning again, these new rhythms that God calls us into deeper relationships with God and with one another, and the ways that God has created each of us to be, and the ways that God has created the world and us to be involved in the creation and the recreation and the new creation. God loves you just as you are. Now, I um, have probably asked this question a few times, but if you were to consider yourself creative, how many of you would say, um, oh, I'm creative, probably not that many. Um, I mean, I think that there's quite a few of us that think about the arts that we're involved in. Maybe um, maybe for some who are bakers or are like our knitwits, our crocheters. Um, Maybe there are some people who make beautiful things out of their hands or with their hands. And there are some people who make beautiful things out of words, um, who have beautiful gifts of music, um, who are great poets. We have some incredibly talented people in our congregation, of course, Um, and maybe you already consider yourself creative, but there's quite a few people who aren't. There's something that happens to kids. When you ask a kindergartner if they're a good artist, they're probably going to tell you yes, and they'll probably draw you about 27 pictures to prove just how good they are. But as a child gets older and you ask them if they're a good artist, that starts to go away. Because we start to believe this story that we're not an artist or we're not creative. But that's just not true. We are. Being who you are is creative work. I mean, you're creating a life. You're creating an identity. You're creating who you are that's creative work. Choosing, uh, making decisions, choosing ways to go, listening to the ways that God is calling you and inviting you into the work together. That's creative work. We are all creative because we're all creating and not just by ourselves, but alongside with God. God invites us into this work of creating together with one another and with God, to build the kingdom of God here and now and for the future, to make this world a better place here and now and for the future, to be creative and create this life. And in this life that we create, in the ways that we are, and especially Uh, in talking about rhythms that we might create or recreate or learn or relearn, within those are always boundaries. And boundaries are a good thing. Uh, We like boundaries most of the time. I mean, especially if we create them for ourselves. Because you can't give all of yourself all of the time. It's okay for you to say that a particular relationship isn't healthy and you need to be done with it. It's okay to tell someone, I forgive you, but I just don't know if I can be your friend. It's okay to say that something isn't working and I need to change. Boundaries are a good thing. And sometimes in creating boundaries, it means that something has changed. Perhaps as you're learning some new rhythms or new ways of being, you've already seen this and you've been trying to create ways around and and it's hard because as human beings, as much as we like to create and make things and, and even build boundaries for ourselves, we also hate change. I mean, okay, so we love change when it's our idea, but if someone else suggests it, we hate change. We don't like things to be different. We want them to be the same. But unfortunately, life is about change. There's always something changing. And especially right now, we're in a lot of unknown of what, what does life look like in a COVID era? And there's things that are questions and we're just not sure. And and there's lots of change that's been happening and will continue to happen. And so with this change sometimes means that new boundaries have to be placed. Boundaries may mean that relationships might need to change and it may be hard. We often try to make things go back to where they're comfortable. Not with change. And so sometimes our boundaries aren't always respected. Um, A few years ago, I decided that um, a part of my self care was that um, I needed to not answer my phone on Fridays. And I told this to a friend of mine, um, and I, I talked about my plan, and she was very encouraging. She was like, Yes, you spend way too much time responding to other people. You need this. You need this break. This is important. I'm so proud of you. This is wonderful. Um, And so I felt really good about this decision. And then the first Friday came that it was no phone Friday. Um, And my phone rang 35 times. And I looked down every time and every time it was my friend's phone number. And I thought, oh my gosh, what's going on? And I was like, no, no phone Friday, no phone Friday. And so uh, it didn't take too long before she was at my house and she was banging on the door. And she said, what's going on? What's wrong? What's wrong? Why aren't you responding? And I said, is there an emergency? And she goes, no, no emergency at all unless there's an emergency with you. And I said, no, there's no emergency here. It's no phone Friday. And she looked at me and she goes, yeah, but that's for other people, right? That's not for me. And I said... No, no phone Friday is where I need to disconnect in order to reconnect. And she laughed. She's like, yeah, but that's, that's not for me, right? And I said, well, yeah, it's for everybody. And she left and didn't talk to me for two weeks. And it was hard to hold those boundaries, but sometimes we need to hold fast to those when it's something that we know is healthy for ourselves. Boundaries are hard, especially if you're learning new rhythms that are healthier for you. It may be hard for people around you to learn them and even to follow them, but hold fast. As you're learning new rhythms and new ways of being, You have to hold fast to those boundaries and to what what God has whispered to you. God has shared with you to say, this is who I've called you to be and to do. And learning those new rhythms means that first we need to rest. To work through that bone tired or that emotionally tired or even that spiritually tired. To rest and to be grounded in the one who created you that still small voice of God that claims you and loves you. And maybe there's places that need to be healed. Find the places in your in your heart, in your life that are tender and work on healing. And trust that in the middle of all of that, God will continue to hold and love you. And of course, we connect with God and with one another, to love our neighbor as we love ourselves, to love God with our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength, to connect with one another because we're not alone. God is with us and we're with each other. We belong to each other. And then we create. And in this creation, maybe it's enjoying and delighting in God's creation of going to parks, or on walks, or seeing water, or seeing animals, or people are God's creation, too. And remember that you, you are God's creation. You're God's beloved, too. Enjoy and delight in yourself. And remember that you're worthy to be loved by God and others. Our scripture comes from Ephesians, and a few of the lines in particular um, that are good reminders. I mean, the whole passage is really, is. I mean, it's good. <laughs> but, um, but that part where, where Paul says, But God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together in Christ, by grace, you have been saved. By grace, you have been saved. And even when we find ourselves at our worst, at our lowest, God doesn't say, well, we had a good run. Now I'm out. Instead, God takes in even deeper and makes us alive together with Christ For by grace, you have been saved. For by grace, you have been saved by faith. And this is not your own doing, but it's the gift of God, not the results of works, so that no one may boast. We can't dig ourselves only. We do this with God, who joins us in the work together of finding and learning and creating these new rhythms and these new ways of being, the ones that God has called us to already from the beginning of time. For by grace, you have been saved by faith. Receive this gift from God, this gift of rhythm, of life, of new rhythm, a new life, and join with it, and trust the rhythms of God's creation because what God has for you is good. Hold on to the goodness of God and then join the dance of the spirit, amen.